welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who knows something about anime, Malcolm McLeod. And Malcolm, that's the last time you're going to say that, or at least for the foreseeable future. It's like, oh my gosh, you've just said that. Yeah, it's uh, one of the last... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot one of the, the probably yeah the one of the last times I'll say that yeah for the foreseeable future for the foreseeable future and for me for me because we record these out of order and and apologies for the delay on the previous episode because there's a reason for this delay because Malcolm's very busy and we we did our best to schedule this but such is life such is life we hope you understand mm-hmm. um, the episode will exist uh, forever now so the delay no longer matters um, <laughs> anyways no like. Um, yeah, I for me, for me, I've recorded multiple podcasts without mm-hmm. you. So for you to even say that for the last time, for me, it's like, oh, this is the first time I've heard it in a while. It feels so nice to hear Malcolm say, I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a new, we're entering a new chat, you know, the end of a chapter and a starting of a new chapter for this podcast. And and thanks to the irregular way we've done this, it's both a new chapter, but also for me, I'm like, oh, this is nostalgic. But uh, yeah, such is life, such as the, the continuity, the wonderful continuity of Is This Anime. Um, but joining us once again is Shane. Shane, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, I, you know, just hanging in there every day. Hanging in there. <laughs> just, I, I hope so you you're all like are. You're like a cat poster. You're just like, uh, just I hope we're there. all having a much better day than uh, what the characters in this anime suffered. Um, because, yeah, this is both Malcolm's finale, but also the finale of our Berserk coverage. Um, let's just jump right into it. Malcolm, um, mul- multiple guests had, uh, my, I and multiple guests had foreshadowed um, the terrible events that were to come for our heroes. And Malcolm, just straight up. Uh, did you see any of this shit coming or or at least the way that it would be handled? No, I didn't see any of this coming. And I'm going to be completely honest. Once it started happening, I was a little resentful of the show that I was like, they should have had like started this about 10 episodes prior. There's a lot of episodes that we like covered in this show that I felt like had this filler quality to them. And I'm like, if this is what you were building towards, I'm like, why have the filler? Like just go into this and then go a little further into it. Because like, well, I mean, you, the you story could, you just could. ends. It just ends. Like it doesn't like. You did have conclude. the option of wa- you did have the <clears throat> option of watching the last fifteen minutes because um of there is a Berserk movie that covers fifteen minutes more of this. But yeah, they why again why? Well, well I guess it's this- also it's not just that um for the TV thing, which is it's fascinating that they chose that to be the end point. Like it all like yes. I was like I was like wow what a. I kind of I respect it a lot that they just like sort of ended it in this like ambiguous way. I wasn't sure if it was just like canceled and they were like thought they were going to do more. And then the network was like, ah, we're good. Um, Because that's kind of how there was a bit of that vibe in my mind. Hmm. But it's also odd because I know the Berserk uh, manga is still running. Obviously, Hmm. like now we've we've covered in other podcasts about like. The original creator has died, but his best friend is like finishing the story. Um, and so there's like a bit of me where I'm like, it's not like this manga just ended like this too. There is more manga like to tell the story further. So it's like, why spend? So there, like, and the thing is, it's not like there's like a block of episodes that we watched like covering this podcast where I would be like, you could cut all those episodes. It's just like, an episode here, an episode there, you know, like that's like that way of tightening it. 
I think for sure there was that <clears throat> middle stretch. Um, there were about three episodes um, from like episodes. We were doing this in six inter- six episode intervals. I think episodes seven through eight, uh, seven and eight for sure could have been cut. Pretty much everything involving that kind of extra storyline involving the um, the guy. Uh, fuck the general, the Doctor Eggman general. That yeah. Dude, uh, that yeah. that could have definitely been cut. But here's the thing, Malcolm. Actually, uh, again, this is this this manga had strange pacing. This anime has strange pacing. And then there's the Berserk movie trilogy, which is mm-hmm. the opposite, where it cuts far too much. Um, so basically, for reference, Malcolm, where we previously left off, episode 19, or yeah, episode 19, that ends around chapter 39. This whole portion, the Golden Age arc, it wraps up at chapter 93, which means these six episodes. They just speed through events. Um, getting right to it, a lot of um, backstory, um, like kind of world building backstory is completely cut from these six episodes. Um, notably, like the the guys who attack um, Casca at the beginning, they're part of, in the manga, they're part of this empire called the Kushan Empire, which had this, mo- had this anime continued and gone further, you know, the Kushan Empire plays a big fucking role. Um, and then there's also an entire, what, what many people consider to be a filler arc after, um, after the rescue of Griffith, there's this like encounter with a monster named wild, uh, who's kind of like Nosferatu Zod, but, um, it's, it's a battle that could have easily lasted two or three episodes. They completely cut that out. Um, the re- the rescue of Griffith also features some like dark souls style bosses, um, that they could have fought. Those are cut out. So, yeah, it is funny that, you know, this this adaptation, yeah, they could have easily maybe cut out some of the Dr. Eggman backstory and put some of the more monster shit in just to, you know, you know what I mean. I guess so, yeah. I mean, I guess I want to, like, bring this over to Shane. Shane, what is your experience with Berserk? Have you ever watched it? Did you know about it before? Like, So I heard about it maybe two-ish years ago. Um my first uh, experience with it was watching the 2017 oh God. Like, anime <laughs> reboot of the franchise. Was it the movie trilogy or like the anime anime? It was the anime. Um, oh. The 2017 version. <laughs> the, it, but the infamous I, one. The yeah. Infamous one. So I watched the first episode and I was like, this is not good. This is not good at all. And then I read a little bit more about Berserk and I was like, okay, this seems pretty interesting. So then I eventually found out that there was a movie... The trilogies of the Golden Arc Age, I believe, is what it was called. Yeah. So I watched those three, and I ba- I think it was just one sitting, and I liked them. Did this? Yeah. Like, did this have this the same ending? Like, did you like? Uh, oh, it it does have the same ending. It's just there's the extra like 15 minutes that Jack said is part of the movie. Yeah, those extra 15 minutes basically clarify um, Guts and Casca's fate. It clarifies more about the brand that's on Guts and why that's going to play a big role in his future. Um, it also cuts out like the the opening of how Berserk the Anime started because Berserk the Anime starts with a portion from the Black Swordsman arc, that kind of cold open where, you know, it's present day and Guts is just fucking pissed and slaughtering demons. Uh, so it cuts that and it's solely focused on the Golden Age stuff. So it kind of starts from, you know, Guts meeting Griffith to, yeah, the eclipse and then the aftermath of that. And then, yeah, the reason why I did not pick that movie trilogy was because it cut out a lot of character moments I really liked. And yet, as we've noticed in talking about this anime, 
this anime does have quite a bit of filler. I won't deny that at all. So, like Robert said, and Robert was definitely the more negative person about this whole series, no adaptation of Berserk is perfect. Um, there are th- going to be things you like in one adaptation and things you don't like. Um, because I do think the movie trilogy, like you, like you said, Shane, you watched it without having seen the, uh, the 1997 anime, correct? No, I didn't even know that was a thing until like after I finished watching the movies. Yeah, and how do you feel that compares to that? It's it it is a lot more faster paced the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice that there were some things that were in the 1997 series that weren't in the movies. And when I talked to my brother about them, he said, "Oh, those are actually because my brother actually does like Berserk." Um. But when I talked to him about the difference between the 97 series and the movies, he did say that a couple of those scenes that they showed in the anime, the 97 anime, actually are critical to know more about the series itself. Yeah, I mean, um, I remember in the second movie when I watched that, the whole um, Griffith's whole plot against the king's... uh, wife is cut and i was like well shit that's a pretty important sequence you know um a lot of things like guts and casca's moments together that's kind of sped through what the movies do not mm. speed through is uh the sex and violence uh the the sex scene between the two sex prominent sex scenes in this movie one which is you know nice and one which is horrible uh they go on for a long fucking time in the movie the the movies mm. kind of just are just like okay We've got this R rating or whatever, or whatever Japan's version is, and we can just show as much as we fucking can. And I was yeah. like, and that's also why I don't recommend watching the movies. I was sparing Malcolm because I could have just told Malcolm, hey, man, you know what? This adaptation goes a bit farther. Why not just watch that and just make it easy for you? And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to spare Malcolm because. Yeah. yeah. What kind of- spare the- me from the rape scene. Yeah, the. Yeah. That that scene in the movie is a lot. It's it goes on for they, like five minutes. It yeah, goes they add, on. They add more graphic element. I don't know. It's just they spend a oh, lot yeah, more time they... on it. And then when I watched the '97 version, it was just like a few minutes and it was done. Yeah, it, it thankfully you know it it shows you what you need to know to understand what is going on, of course, and and even then you know. We can talk about male gaze, but the male gaze is very much within that movie where it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't want to say the animators were enjoying it, but it, it's it's fucked up the way they do it. And I get it. It was like 2013 or whatever. But yeah, it's it's a pretty abominable scene in the direction of it. Yeah, it's just that that's primarily why I do not recommend that movie to people. Interesting. That's a, it's a, yeah, that's that. It's the thing about adaptations. And of course, you know, the Berserk 1997 anime was, was limited by a variety of factors. It was limited by broadcast standards. It was limited by the fact that those, these episodes are only like 20 minutes long for one thing. Yeah. Well, this is really clearly made in the nineties, right? Yeah. We we're, we're jumping it back and forth. We're talking about how, you know, the nineties version had its own limits uh, and those limits are good. Thank God for those limits. It makes that scene, that terrible scene, a bit more palatable, if you know what I mean, um, as opposed to how the movie, which is just deeply uncomfortable, and also the direction—it's—it's that's all you can say. It's—it's it's male gaze dialed up to eleven. I think you can agree with me, right, Shane? Yeah, it was very uncomfortable to watch that. 
Um, but let's just kind of dive into these episodes. So episode 20, we we open with a jousting tournament. Some nobles are hyping up a dude named Valencia who has killed 100 soldiers during the Midland War. Um, but then thankfully, uh, Guts, Guts comes in. He cuts Valencia down pretty easily. Valencia relents. These nobles offer Guts work, but Guts has other plans. So a year has passed. Guts is just chopping wood training he's he's got a blacksmith friend what what do you think of you know post griffith guts uh uh malcolm he seemed way more at peace like it just sort of seemed like it was like you know he's kind of doing the thing that like he kind of wanted to which was just like be out in the woods and just like live a simple life like he's not being dragged back into like conflict even though like there's clearly something about him that clearly will always want that you know that fight uh, it's, you know, it's definitely a little bit more of like, oh, this is what Guts was sort of wanting when he was like, I'm going to challenge Griffith. That's, Guts is doing great. He's like, he's chopping wood, <laughs> chopping wooden logs under a waterfall. I love that. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, what is it? Um, so Guts, he's, he has this kind of inner monologue. He says, this sword is the proof that I have ever lived. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I fucked these notes up. I don't know my bread. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, oh I my god Spat- I don't know my this sword is proof that I ever lived on this day forth I wield my sword for no other man I will seek and sparks will light my path uh, then he then he's about to bail on his uh, blacksmith buddy Godo but a merchant needs bandits taken care of and it turns out these bandits are in fact the band of the hawk um, so meanwhile a year again a year has passed and the band of the hawk is doing okay without Griffith Casca's leading them, um, but you know Casca misses Griffith. Uh, something that sh- uh, you know we're all going to regret. Everyone who is missing Griffith is uh, not going to be uh, repaid by that at all. Casca she learns that Griffith has been trapped in this dark dungeon uh, called the Dungeon of Windham. Uh, Corcus meanwhile is bitching about uh, Griffith being gone. He like breaks his sword. Uh, Rickett, who's like the smallest member of the group, calls him out for it. So yeah, we get to see this whole post-Griffith um, world of the Band of the Hawk. And again, they don't fucking need Griffith, yo. No, you think they have like spent a year away from it and then are like away from him and being like, all right, we got this. We got we can do our own thing. But there's still that like it's that cult thing, right? Of when like the, you yeah. know, when the leader goes down, but the followers are still like, but what if we but what if he he is the man? What if he is the man? Like he's going to come back. He's going to like guide us. It's those. It's a thing of like, you know, there are certain people who are leaders and then there are certain people who are followers. And unfortunately for majority of, um, the, you know, the Hawks. Yeah, it was the Hawks. Um, yeah, the Hawks or the Falcon, if uh, you use the Japanese translation, because, yeah, they, this uh, the Falcon was in reference to uh, the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, uh, Kentaro Miro was a big Star Wars fan, so this was supposed to be a Star Wars uh, reference, um, but the American version changed it to Hawk. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. It's uh, he's a coward for not just naming it after some random band like like the Weezer. Oh, you mean like this? Oh, this by, oh, like yeah, JoJo? the band, the Harvey Danger Quartet. Um, JoJo's still going on. Maybe the maybe Weezer will appear as a JoJo stand someday. He, um, pro- he probably will, but. Um, <laughs> he as if Weezer's just a single person and um but yeah no um yeah it's like they're all followers except you know and they're still kind of yeah i don't know it's just like 
you'd, you'd think they'd move on, but I don't know. Maybe with the pandemic and like certain things in my life, I'm surprised by. I have friends in my life who I'm surprised by their willingness uh, to like not move on from certain things. Um, where it's just like, hey, like you know, like this thing that you're like, you know, you're hoping for just isn't real. But they're like, no, but if I get back in, then I can like I can fix it and make it what it needed to be. And I'm just like. Yeah, but you're thinking about something that was like four years, five years ago. So yeah, uh, and I mean, I get it. Griffith, by all accounts, treated the band of the Hawk pretty damn well. He was their friend, um, and it's just you know, there are there are things uh, the band of the Hawk has not yet realized about how willing uh, Griffiths, how far Griffith is willing to go. Unfortunately, um, so the band of the Hawk they are attacked by some other bandits. Guts comes in to save them. Uh, Casca is about to be killed. I, I kind of didn't like that moment. I, I was hoping Casca could at least hold her own more. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't like that kind of. I don't like the anytime they kind of damselize uh, Casca. Uh, yeah, I, that was the thing. It ended up. I think it was up. Was it uh, episode twenty four? I kind of felt like that was where it got like the most egregious. Where it was kind. Mm. She was kind of this constant like damsel in distress when like. Yeah, it, well, it's that thing of like the, it's that you know playing into that sexism that this, uh, you know, that the show is you know clearly there's the theme of it. Yeah, um, I mean, I still think you know by all accounts, Casca is a fantastic female character. She is an iconic character, but but moments where she is knocked on her ass that are kind of just pointless. I understand for major for major story reasons, those ones are necessary. But yeah, something like a a, a random bandit knocking her down. Um, didn't have to be that way, but you know, Guts gets to have his big goddamn hero moment where he t- where he tells uh, Casca, "This is no time to sit on your ass. You've got a job to do." Uh, so episode twenty one just continues with Guts fucking dudes up, uh, and I love after the battle is over, uh, Corcus is trampled by the band as the Guts as the Corcus is trampled by the band as they run up to greet Guts. I thought that was a funny moment. Yeah, you know, I'm trying like yeah. What about you, Shane? What did you have? What did, have you had uh, any thoughts on episode twenty that we like kind of skipped over? Um, so actually, I realized that the um, the ninety seven series is that entire sequence with the battle where they get ambushed by the the I'm, I'm just gonna say bounty hunters because that's what they're basically doing. They're just kind of generic soldiers. I know in the yeah. manga, there there's more specific traits given to those guys. Guts has a specific fight with a member of the Kushan warriors who are these kind of uh, Arab-inspired uh, warriors, and those guys mm. play a big role in, in arcs further down. Again, they're completely cut out from this adaptation. Um, but yeah, any further thoughts on on how they handled that? I mean, episode 21 and 20 are kind of the same. They kind of roll into one another. Yeah, all I was going to say was that that entire sequence with the ambush is it's different from the golden arc trilogy movies than yeah. the 97 series, because in the movie, uh, Casca holds her own against like one of the guys, like it's not even a generic guy. It's like, it's, I, I guess it's like the, um, the guy you're just talking about, like an assassin dude. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then, but then he, he does best her, but then guts comes in and saves the day. So at least like uh, Casca isn't knocked down by a random warrior. It's like more yeah. specific. Okay, so that's good at least. Again, the, there's just different ways of handling the, these adaptations. So yeah, episode twenty one, guts is fucking dudes up. Uh, after the battle, 
Judah explains how the band waited for Griffith, but he never showed up. They ended up suffering an attack from the army of Midland because Griffith had since been branded as a traitor. He was charged with high treason. But then Judah tells Guts they do have a plan to save Griffith. And uh, Malcolm and Shane, uh, what do you think of how how um, Griffith looked when we first see him? Uh, when we last saw Griffith, you know, he had fought Guts. He had then had sex with Princess Charlotte and basically thrown his life away. Um, the past year has not been kind to Griffith, has it? No, it no. has not. Yeah, because he got like his tendons ripped out of both his wrist and his ankles. Yeah, his tongue is cut out. Um, yeah, the torture is fucked up. It's also implied that the torture has also been sexually abusing uh, Griffith on top of that. Yeah, I'm all, I, I kind of skipped over that. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was like, I'm not going to go too far into this. <laughs> yeah, into this fair well. enough. But it's it's a brutal scene. And I mean, you'd, even me, when I first saw saw this in the anime, I didn't expect to see Griffith pushed to such a low point. We're used to seeing um, Griffith handle himself well. Even in situations, you know, when when you see him confronted by those guards and he's without his sword, you're like, well, Griffith will find a way out of this. He'll he'll charm the pants off these guys. He'll he'll he won't be treated that badly. But no, this is like a fucking brutal torture job. I've I've never seen a character look like that in in a medium before. Like he's just he looks like a worm almost. He's that skinny. Yeah, I I also did realize that they did change the uh, torturers. Um appearance from the series in the and going into the movie okay yeah because in the series he looks like a just like i mean (laughs) he looks like an average person but in the movie he looks like a a deformed i mean i mean he's got like (laughs) a i don't want to be rude but he looks deformed person like he's like short and he has like a bulbous head okay interesting uh so yeah this torturer he he says he knows this stuff and he could keep Griffith alive for three more years uh meanwhile Casca challenges Guts to a fight and blames uh Guts for ruining everything and yeah this this fight basically just has uh Casca kind of yell at yell at Guts for you know him leaving was the worst thing that could have happened to the band and then Guts just straight up lets Casca stab him in the shoulder and I thought that was fucking metal and then she gets ready to commit suicide by jumping off the cliff yeah, that's that's yeah. another extreme thing. Uh, <laughs> well, this is a show of just extremes by the end. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, Guts, he lets Casca stab his shoulder. He says he should just let he says he let Griffith do what he had to do. And he asks Casca what he should have done. And Casca reveals she knew that she could never be Griffith's woman because Princess Charlotte uh was his way to the throne. So that's the whole thing. Casca's kind of having this moment of realization where, yeah, she she had this love for Griffith. You know, he had saved her. Uh, he had given her purpose. She had admired him so much, but she was never going to be at his side. And that's an important moment for Casca. And she says, I could still be his sword. I thought I could live with that. But on the day you left it, it became clear to me that there, had, there hadn't been a place for me at Griffith's side for a long time. My dream was dead. The reason I've been fighting so long to protect the Hawks is because I might disappear, but it doesn't matter anymore. I can't be a woman and I can't be special as someone just holding on to someone on the almost broken dream of a man who may or may not be alive. And that's when she, you know, attempts to commit suicide. But yeah, I love this moment. It's like such an important moment for Casca to, you know, just kind of finally be real. And also, 
you know, Guts, he he picks Casca up and they finally embrace. And uh, yes, they, they do get it on the the movie version. Uh, the movie version uh, relishes in that scene. Very um, gratuitous. In the very movie. gratuitous. It's fuck it. Again, man. But I will say, uh, Malcolm probably doesn't know this. They do introduce a critical character after the sex scene. Uh, Who is that? Skull Knight, I believe is his name. Yeah, so the Skull Knight is a critical part of the lore of the anime. The 97 anime does not have. Uh, Which again... Yeah, I noticed that guy. I was like, who is this? (laughs) The Skull Skull Knight is not part of the 1997 anime. He is incredibly important to the lore of the series. Uh, he also saves multiple characters, uh, which we'll get into, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's again, the choices they made for this 97 adaptation, they get pretty weird of what to leave out. And again, the reason why this adaptation doesn't go beyond that or even feature the aftermath is because that's effectively all they had to go on at the time. Um, and then Kentaro Mira, um, Basically, what happened was that Kentaro Miura's uh, work output started to slow significantly uh, after this period, which is why they didn't just like wait another year or two to do another adaptation when they had more chapters to cover. And it's why they had to wait till 2017 to do another adaptation, which they they did in a style that was not good. It was 3D anime, but in the worst fucking way. But yeah, after this um, sex scene, which in some versions is more gratuitous than others, um, Casca tells him... That Casca tells Guts, that day I knew the thing I couldn't stop gazing at was you. And she says, I'm changing. There may be a place for me at this man's soul, not for what I may receive, but for something of worth that I may have for him. And then Guts, this speech Guts gives to fucking Casca is say, come with me. I don't know what will happen. I only know of one thing that I want to keep holding you lie with you 100 times more. No, 1000 times. That's how I feel. An important thing to remember is these are two characters who are both victims of sexual abuse. This is probably the first time they've ever had sex in a consensual manner, to be honest. I don't know. I, I love this romance between Guts and Casca. I love that, you know, we finally just get to have it. I don't know. How about you guys? No, it's a really nice moment. It's like, you know, it's that buildup of like, you know, the whole, well, for me, it was like that whole series of just like, you know, it starts off with, you know, Casca just being very resistant and kind of hating Guts and resenting him to just like, you know, it grows to like this mutual admiration for each other. And then, yeah, obviously it culminates in this like, you know, Guts kind of declaring his love for her. And then, you know, they uh, it's implied that not only do they have that uh, quick kiss while they're both nude, but... Uh, they have some of that good old consensual sex. <laughs> yes, so we, we have to, yeah, we have to say it's consensual as opposed to the sex that comes much later. It, um, but no, it's um, there's actually a really funny character moment uh, that's only in the manga where where after Casca tries to get on her horse after their their long night together, um, you know, she gets on the horse's saddle and she's just like, "Oh fuck, this hurts," because. You know, she was with she was with guts, and you know, he went to fucking town on her. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's an odd descriptor. After that, <laughs> no, it's like no. There's literally if you see them, I'm not gonna send you the manga chapter, but you know, she gets on her saddle and she just like makes a face, and guts is like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "No, nothing." Because yeah, man, he 
it's guts. He, he's a big, he's a big, strong dude. And, you know, like you said, he, he'd have her 100 times. No, 1000 times more. So meanwhile, monsters appear and Griffiths bail it flows down a river. Um, and Rickett, poor Rickett, his arm is broken, so he can't come to the rescue. Episode 22 is the rescue of Griffith. We've already kind of. I don't have a ton of notes for this episode. It's mostly they they rescue Griffith. Um, he's in terrible fucking shape. Uh, yeah, Guts doesn't even want Casca to see his face because, again, you know, his his tongue has been cut out. He's emaciated. Here's here's another change that gets very confusing when talking about this adaptation. This is when uh, Rickett sees like a beautiful fairy, which which seems like a fairy, but is in fact a demon. Rickett then sees a number of a uh, number of other members of the Band of the Hawk get devoured. So the way the anime goes is it looks like uh, Rickett's done for. We don't ever see Rickett again. But in the uh, film adaptation in the manga, Rickett is, in fact, rescued by the Skull Knights. So, yeah, in yeah. the in the movie, you don't see that part where. Uh, he gets attacked so when i saw the anime i was like oh i don't recall this at all yeah again it just makes things more confusing and you know i almost want to i would have loved to watch another version where say berserk 99 where they got to continue this and just kind of had to make sense of you know how it is i mean i suppose you never actually see rickett get devoured so you could have been like hey i i was saved uh off screen or whatever but it's it's a funny way that this adaptation comes across as darker by not clarifying these fates. Griffith's first reaction to being saved by Guts is to grab his throat. Uh, not the nicest fucking reaction, uh, which, again, uh, there's going to be a lot more negative reactions to come from Griffith. But it just kind of shows you. I don't know, man. It's it's listen, Griffith, Griffith, Griffith is a bad man. We can all agree on that. Uh, but we see his pettiness and smallness in these episodes for sure. The torturer, he tries to lock them in the dungeon. He claims his door is four times thicker than they expect, but Gut smashes through the door and impales him. Uh, this is our first of two moments where a character uh, declares to Guts uh, that he can't get through them and Guts immediately interrupts them, which I fucking loved. I like that moment. Uh, you know, it, it, again, it's a, you know, it's a good clarification of like, oh yeah, no, Guts is still the most powerful, like, person, human. I feel yeah. like I have to clarify that. Human, <laughs> human. in the realm. <laughs> For sure. Um, after Guts finishes his slaughter, Costco wipes his face and Griffith fucking stares. And, you know, this is really the moment that sets Griffith off. When he sees that love that Guts and Costco have, that's what fucking enrages him. And that just, you know, that... It's truly how pathetic a person Griffith is, because, you know, he had earlier said, you know, however many years it was in the continuity that, you know, um, for a man to be as equal, they must have their own dream. But when he sees, you know, Guts being more and more self-actualized without Griffith, it fucking enrages him. No, I'll continue on. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have. I don't know. I don't have. I guess I was just going to say. I guess just the realization that uh, Guts shows that he can survive without Griffith, without without that cult of personality that everyone else is following Griffith for in the Band of the Hawk. Yeah, and he actually doesn't like that. He doesn't like the fact that, you know, things have actually gone on decently without him. So episode 23, Midland Commander captures Griffith and declares the Band of the Hawk is dead. 
typical faction. Uh, this is where I laugh because, you know, we, we see it happen so quickly just by virtue of binging these episodes. But um, when you see Guts mow down the torturer and then quickly mow down this other guy, uh, both uh, mid monologue, I fucking giggled. Yeah, I wasn't expecting um, him just to do that mid monologue. I, I thought I was going to go the anime trope where he's just talking and talking and then eventually dies to the main protagonist. No, Guts is like, fuck off here. You're, you're not even you're you're not worth anything. So meanwhile, Band of the Hawk, Corcus uh, laments that Griffith is gone. Um, and the Band of the Hawk then declares that they want Guts to be their leader. And again, Guts has it fucking made. Uh, he has this thing where he says, perhaps this is what I was looking for my whole life. I hadn't realized it until this moment, but everything I ever wanted is lying right here before me now. What what I don't ever realize. Why don't I ever realize what I have until it's lost to me? And man, if this just ended there, would have been smooth sailing for guts. He's leader of the band of the Hawk. He's got it made. Maybe him and the band will go off to, you know, fight some other battles, have some other good times. Uh, but it is not to be. Uh is taking care of Griffith. And Griffith, even in his emaciated state, forces himself onto her. Um, I don't know, man. What, what do you think of this moment just as kind of the first sign of things to come, Malcolm? Uh, I, yeah, well, it was one of those moments where I was like, well, things are changing. This is, uh, I didn't realize how much it was going to change, but it was definitely uh, a moment where I was feeling like, all right, something's up. Something, so, you know, we're, we're having it. We're having the shift. I felt like that was like one of the first moments where I was like, oh, all this stuff of you hinting and, you know, Harper hinting and stuff. Uh, it's starting to come to fruition. You're like, all right, I think this is where this twist is happening. Because there was a little hyped up, right? You guys hyped up this twist, which is the hell did it, thing. Did it? Did it? Uh, I mean, again, it's not the thing you want to see. When it fucking happens, you don't want to see it. But did it reach reach hype of at least being a twist or at least of the shock value of all of it? Yeah, it did. Because, you, you know, I. it's this kind of standard... Uh, like fantasy story up until that point you know what i mean like it's a story of like you know like oh it's the hawks and it's guts and there's griffith and it's like there's a kingdom and like you know and he's got this big sword and you know they're in the forest and like oh they're up in the mountains and it's snowy and like you know for all of a sudden to be like pulled into hell like into i guess it's not hell but it's like a this what is it the athral realm um <laughs> Yeah, I don't even have a name for it, but yeah, it's, it's the realm of darkness or something like that. Yeah, whatever the real, this realm is, um, with all these faces and all the rest of it, that's when I was like, honestly, that's when I started perking up. I was like, okay, I, 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 I'm like, I'm more interested in this. And maybe it's because I also have, uh, I watched the new Hellraiser movie. Okay, so yeah, this was absolutely inspired by the, uh, the original Hellraiser film. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. And I've seen the original Hellraiser. Um, so, yeah, I was definitely like, oh, this is like Hellraiser stuff, which is right now, like, you know, we're recording this episode in October. I'm in my like horror movie, you know, f- swing of things. I was like, I'm in. I'm into this. This, yeah. is, this is good October viewing. Uh, before we before we fully get into the realm of the darkness, I want to just get up so, into the lead up for it. Because, again, you know, we see Griffith. He's. He's forced himself onto Casca, even in his most pathetic state. Casca's crying. Guts is like, hey, what's wrong? And, you know, Casca declares, you know, she has to take care of Griffith because he has 
Griffith is someone who, you know, she dearly loves and she just can't bear to see him in this state, even when Griffith is absolutely pathetic. And, you know, Casca knows exactly what he tried to do to her. That's why she's fucking crying. But unfortunately, uh, Guts and Casca don't have time to handle Griffith because Griffith somehow manages to hijack a carriage uh, while chasing a vision of his younger self. The carriage hits a boulder. And again, this is this is another, you know, feather in the cap of Griffith sucking because Griffith's vision of him and Casca is Casca as a fucking housewife. He he doesn't want to see her with agency. He wants her to be subservient to her. And yeah, he never really wanted her at her side. He never saw her as an equal. Again, I, I, I feel like that scene is like one of the more hateful scenes for me, actually, when watching it. I don't know. What, what do you think, guys? Yeah, I mean, it's not a fun scene to watch. I, no, know. I just mean like the way that like uh, Griffith views Casca in that way to see that, you know, that's his ideal vision of Casca. Her, you know, all her interesting traits are just completely stripped. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a it's a disappointing way of seeing it, but I'm not surprised because Griffith sucks and he's a villain. He's a bad guy. He's a, like, he's, a, a he's a very bad man. Um, yeah. What about you, Shane? How did you feel about it? So, uh, so like I said, I've, I've I saw the movie. So the first time I when I watched this this anime series, I didn't realize that was a missing scene in the movie. But yeah, I it and then I also I'm right now I'm doing a little bit of like a skipping and playing through the movie itself and there's some uh different dialogue option or not different dialogue but like dialogue that's not in the show but that's in the movie okay anything that sticks out one point Casca does talk to guts and say that he is griffith's equal now okay and that's while that's while griffith is like lying down just before the um oh so griffith hears it yeah so he overhears their conversation yeah, so that would that would also be a very triggering thing for Griffith because again, Griffith said he wanted an equal, but he fucking didn't. So yeah, anything else that stands out? Um, in the movie, Casca does resist for like a few seconds when Griffith like falls on her, but then eventually like does let him lie on top of her. Yeah, again, I think she's just so stunned by it, and also Griff- Griffith is an emaciated person. What? What are you to expect from him or even for him to even try to pull that? But yeah, it's 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 the first sign of bad things to come from Griffith. Uh, there have obviously been other warning signs, but this is a, a pretty big low. Um, so Griffith, he's chasing this vision. The carriage hits a, hits a boulder and it falls. Uh, Griffith ends up uh, finding himself in a river. His arm is broken. He starts to laugh. He then attempts to kill himself, but he then sees the Crimson Bailet and the eclipse appears and that's when it activates. And yeah, our heroes, they're rushing towards Griffith. This is when hell happens. Yeah, Malcolm, this moment is infamously called the eclipse, basically. Okay. Is it? Okay. Which which makes sense because it opens with an eclipse. That's kind of how it starts. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess the. Is that like a is that a famous arc in the manga as well, or is it just in the? It's it's a famous moment. It's not really. It's all part of the Golden Age arc. The Golden Age arc is very long because it spans, you know, the entire um, story of Guts being born to him meeting Griffith to you know uh, the aftermath of the Eclipse, and then the the series wraps back to the Black Swordsman time period and it moves on uh, into what I guess you would call the present. 
Okay, that makes sense. That makes a little more sense. Um, yeah, and I mean, Malcolm, it's been a long time since you even watched the the very first episode, so I understand that you know, if you are watching this sporadically, or or say you're a manga reader reading this uh, monthly or weekly, then yeah, you may not, you know, you may think that things are about to happen, but you're not actively thinking about them. You know what I mean? No, that's true. Like I would, you know, like to be completely honest. Yeah, I don't. You know, I had to be reminded of like, oh yeah, that like. You know, was it the swordsman? The black swordsman? I mean, it's, it's one episode. It's not like, you know, you're you're missing a ton. It was Guts killing a demon and he was angry. And you're not entirely dialed into what's going on with Guts because you're like, okay, who is this asshole? Why is he mad? Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we're going to see this now. Um, um, but yeah, the eclipse starts uh, fully. Uh, Casca, again, being a good leader, she commands the band to stick together and not lose focus. So, so the guy with the brain, uh, the brain head, uh, uh, his name is Void, and he he uh, he declares that Griffith is their king, and he tells the band they're a sacrifice for the christening of Griffith. Uh, yeah, Malcolm, I'm guessing you like the uh, the designs of the God Hand as they're as they're known. Yeah, I mean, again, it kind of gave me those like Hellraiser feel, like those feels like outside of them just ripping off like Pinhead. More of the other like Cenobites. Um, I think I pronounced that right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it was really fascinating. Like I, th- I thought the, their depiction of this realm of just like all of the faces and then like the creatures. They're kind of there's some of them have like a bit of a human form, but they're not. Like they've kind of evolved past that. We're really inventive. Um, and again, this is where, I, like, for me, I was, like, more interested in. And maybe that's, like, just my interests right now. But it was just, like, I was, like, oh, this is, like, a really interesting twist. And again, yeah. it's the one thing why I wished it happened a little sooner. Uh, just because I was, like, oh, wow, this, is, this wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, and I, I mean, again, like, if you're interested in the monster stuff, well, guess what? There's a fuck ton of it in the remainder of the Berserk. Because that's kind of what happens. Um, yeah, Guts continues his quest for revenge against Griffith. He gets into a, a number of, I guess you would say, episodic encounters. Uh, he develops his own band of the Hawk. Um, but yeah, you're definitely moving on in, in the, the later entries of Berserk as, as it is ongoing. You get a lot more of the God Hand. And Kentaro Mira, his, his character designs would just run wild. Because yeah, these, these are very appealing. I, I especially like the brain guy. He's probably my favorite because he is so cool. So uh, Griffith has a couple visions, um, and I found these visions very fascinating. Um, Shane, were the visions as detailed in the uh, movie as they were the anime? Um, I don't think he really had visions. Actually, oh, okay. No, he, no, wait, hold on, sorry, one sec. Yeah, no worries. Actually, no, he does have uh, visions. I'm watching that part right now. But are they as detailed? Because like, there's there's like quite a few monologues that are uh, present in that portion in the anime at least um i mean yeah they um they go over the uh the cobblestone part so the cobblestone one i love so fucking much uh i'll, I'll just say it uh here, here's the cobblestone monologue that i transcribed listen here child the cobblestones that have paved your chosen path are those skulls and bones of the dead whom you used and they before you have killed three four five more people so that you may stand here now if you intend to reach the castle, you'll need many more cobblestones to pave the road. I mean, come on, man. I, it, it's almost Shakespearean the way that dialogue is. It's really, it's very eloquent. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it's them pressuring Griffith because you're like, hey, man, you've, 
You've killed so many people. So many others have killed on your behalf. What's a few more bodies? Why, why not, you know, sacrifice the band of the Hawk. Um, he has a vision of guts uh, that pressures him further. And then uh, Griffith says, this is my chosen path. If I let myself feel regret or remorse, it could all slip away. And then I couldn't reach my destined throne. And the God Hand, they continue to taunt him more. They say, but if your dream still lives, then it is your obligation to lay the stones that surround you now. Fate has set you free from human reason, and by providence, embrace your inner evil. Now stand and face your future. And then Griffith, seeing Guts, he stares at him and says, only you and you alone obscured the vision of my dream. And that's when the Band of the Hawk are branded. Again, it's Griffith's psychology of just him... Again, he's the biggest hip- hypocrite. He he wanted these. He claimed that you know he wanted equals, and yet when he finally has someone who who maybe is equal or or even more, uh, he's disgusted by it. And it's yeah. I want to yeah. Call- well, it, it's a it's yeah. I mean, it's a good like parable uh, to like fascism and like you know how the le- you know how leaders and like authoritarian you know regimes are uh you know are i always say that they're like oh, we're look i'm looking for someone who's even better than i am you know it's like yeah. you look at like the putins of the world it's like i want someone who like can beat me you know i'm the strongest i'm the best i'm the smartest and then when someone actually does rise to the occasion it's maybe better in all regards you know those those original leaders that's where they get this you know scared and then they you know that's when they start like in griffith's case you know it's disgust and others they kind of you know try to take the other person out um you know, it's an interesting like dynamic of like how like how really bad of a leader Griffith is, right? Like it's it was all about like vanity, right? It was all about self. It was all about him. You know, it was all about himself. Yeah, like he wanted that status. He didn't want, you know, he didn't want. You know, he said he wanted other things, but really, what he wanted was just to like maintain the status quo of just being the leader. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll give Griffith some credit, you know, the, he did, he did make these people what they are. He did give guts a purpose. He was very helpful for that. He did rescue people from terrible fates as you know, he, he helped, uh, Casca escape that terrible fate that she was supposed to suffer. Um, of course, obviously he would impose a much worse on her late one on her later. Um, but he did, do things that benefited others. And he did make his own personal sacrifices. You know, he, he did sell himself to the pederast, but yeah, when it comes down uh, to who Griffith is as a person, it it's all about Griffith. And, you know, he claimed he wanted equals and yeah, he was just, just an, an insecure little man. And yet I, I mean, Malcolm, let's, this is kind of why I picked this series. Uh, do you feel Griffith is like a good villain? I think so. I think Griffith's an interesting villain because although I never really liked him from the beginning, yeah, I did mean, he's try not... at times to make him a little bit more empathetic uh, to like kind of get you onto his side. Like I wish they'd tried a little harder to make him a little bit more, um, you know, almost, yeah, more likable uh, at the start. Um, I don't know if the movies did that better or not. Maybe um, skip over a lot. I don't feel they did much better, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, but I was feeling like there could have been an opportunity. You know, like I think that's like the one missed opportunity here of just like you know maybe if you you know they did that. I mean, they try. Um, I don't think it hits the way it, they wanted it to hit. Uh, regardless, 
Uh, I was happy. Um, I'm not happy. Yeah, I mean, like, you're, not, you're, you're not happy with his actions. I'm, his actions. I'm are not terrible. happy with his actions, but I'm satisfied. I'm happy with the fact that like he does kind of give in to those villainous ideals that he has, and and that the show at, at the show goes for it, right? Like I think that's the other thing of like there's a lot of times where I think people try to pull back a little bit with their villain, like their villain's gonna go do this, and then they like go like it gets scared. And they're like, oh no 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 no, we're not gonna go there. Um, but here, you know, they do. Um, and yeah, so in, in my mind, yeah, Griffith is a very solid villain. Like it's, he's, yeah. a, he's a, he's like, he's like, Griffith could have easily shown up in like Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon and he like would fit it right in. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. He's a clear villain and, you know, he, he is still the villain of the manga. Like that's what the manga is all about. Guts is a quest for revenge. And, you know, it's all about the final confrontation that him and Griffith uh, will someday have since thankfully this manga is being continued. But yeah, it's he he's a strong villain, I think, in the pantheon of anime villains. I mean, again, Malcolm, we've kind of criticized a lot of anime that we've watched on this podcast for for having weaker villains. Do you feel he's definitely uh, rises above that? What do you mean rises above? Well, like just like we've we've watched a lot of series, even like Cowboy Bebop. You know, we didn't have nice words to say about Vicious. Like you know, I well, do, Vicious do you... sucked. Vicious was just a bad <laughs> villain. Like like the problem with Vicious is that he should have been contained to like an episode, and then they kind of try to build more of a mythology around him, and it just like didn't work in my opinion. And like here, there's a way more of a through line of like guts v like Griffith. And then they, those two have more of a relationship. Whereas like in Cowboy Bebop, um, you know, we, we vicious is, you know, is sort of someone in like the background for a lot of things. Like it doesn't, yeah. he doesn't like affect like episode to episode. Like he's not felt like there's full, there's like full, like 10 episode, like a 10 episode arc in Cowboy Bebop where it's like, you just forget vicious was around. And then vicious shows up and we're supposed to be like, Oh my God, he's the big bad. And I'm just like, yeah, but there was like, 10 like episodic, uh, episodic villains who are way more interesting than this fucking guy. And like the thing here is that there isn't anyone like in terms of villains within Berserk where you're going like, oh man, like he's a better villain than Griffith. It's like, no, Griffith is the best villain. Like it's, he's got them, he's the most emotionally tied to both Guts and Casca. And so like when he's, you know, makes the move and, you know, basically goes full pinhead, you know, it's like, okay. I I like that more than whatever bullshit Vicious was up to. Yeah, and again, like, Griffiths is, again, a villain who is meant to be the be-all, end-all of, like, this massive epic of a story. Um, so I do feel that, yeah. I mean, Shane, where you, you've watched a number of anime series. Where do you feel about uh, Griffiths' ranking in the pantheon of anime villains? I'd say he's probably, like, the top, somewhere at the top. Maybe out of the animes I've watched... He's probably the number one. Really? Eh? Yeah. What what makes you say that? Actually, maybe number two. Oh, uh, who's number one? Who's 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 competing with Griffith at least? I would guess maybe like well the uh, cyberpunk edge runner. I've I've watched that. It's a good show. Uh, but I'm not sure Adam Smasher is the my number one villain or in my number two. I was like I wasn't gonna say Adam Smasher. I was gonna say the uh, Corpo. Oh, uh, Arisaka. Oh, Oh, the guy voiced by Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito? Uh, you mean Esposito? No, it's actually pronounced Esposito, I learned on a podcast. I, oh. I didn't watch the dub version. I watched the uh, sub oh, version. Oh, shit. But I, I know who you're talking about. He's the Corpo guy. 
Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, the band of the hawk. They are slaughtered. Uh, Pippin protects Casca, but you know he's taken over. Judah sweeps Casca away, and he tells her, "As long as Casca remains, they still have a leader of the Hawks." Uh, poor Corcus. Uh, he does his best to escape, and then he sees a vision of a beautiful naked woman uh, who is revealed in reality to be a, a a naked demon woman who promptly eats him. Yeah, that was a fucking freaky reveal. Like I knew it was like a hallucination, but I wasn't expecting like the kind of hallucination it was. Like it's yeah. just like he's like has this like moment of just like happiness, and then it's just like oh fuck, he's you know it's this fucking demon, the tit demon. Uh, the the, the one thing I I do like about the movie, um, it adds on is it adds more detail to those uh, monsters at the end. Oh, absolutely. Um, did, so did, I, did any of the makers of the TV show ever like explain why they just kind of ended the show the way it, they did? Because that's the only material they had at the moment. <laughs> oh, okay. And I guess yeah. yeah they, and they just never commissioned a second season. They just never commissioned a second season. And Kentaro Mira. Uh, his output would begin would start to slow down. Um, so yeah, they just didn't have the material. It's why um, Berserk twenty seventeen, Berserk twenty seventeen does the opposite. It it smushes like hundreds of chapters into just twenty episodes. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, that's why. Like I I know like yeah, like in the Harper episode, he kind of made the joke that like all Berserk adapted material is cursed <laughs> because yeah, like I mean that's the sounds thing. It's like a- in ninety seven. You know, they just kind of end it, and then in like in like 2000 and you know was 18 2017 2017 uh, yeah 2018 uh, as well yeah they just sort of like they're like fuck it we're gonna we're just we got 20 episodes to tell it all <laughs> and it's like why <laughs> yeah and I mean um, there's yet another adaptation because now they're turning the movies uh, the the 2013 movie trilogy into a series that's ongoing right now which features scenes cut from the movies so maybe that will that will find the midpoint i'm not betting on it um but we'll see but yeah they're all kind of cursed at some point you're just like hey you know berserk it's probably the manga will probably wrap up within five years there's not that much story left why not just commission a brand new anime and just be like hey we're just gonna start this from scratch and just go all the way through Um, yeah you think that maybe a netflix or something would be like interested in that as they like you know sort of mine ip from uh anime <laughs> well in berserk i feel like and i think i said this before on the podcast this would be a very a pretty easy adaptation to do in live action i feel i mean you know um the witcher already exists i don't think the witcher has that much more cgi uh that's needed than say berserk especially the golden age arc which you know you can do that kind of cheaper first season to see if people are into it uh because there isn't that much monster stuff in it you know yeah, but I could tell totally see the temptation to be like, we have to end the first season with monster stuff to get them to to get people to come back. But that's what I mean. Two. You you could I feel like you could do um you could do this arc in ten one hour episodes. I feel you could do it. Maybe. I think that's a, I think it's possible. Yeah, I think it's possible, especially if you're doing like a live action version. You can change the story around, twist it or whatever. You you don't necessarily have to do it in the same way i don't know what about you shane i mean i know i know a live action netflix version of berserk probably would be cursed in its own right but i feel like it's a more <laughs> yeah. more doable adaptation 
You'd hope it's like stars or something who <laughs> gets their hands on it. I uh, mean, God forbid. I mean, I guess HBO Max doesn't need Berserk when they already have Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I was gonna be. I was gonna say HBO Max, and then I was like, Yeah, they don't. They're they're only gonna be milk and uh, Game of Thrones stuff for the next like twenty. Years. Hey man, House of the Dragon has been fucking fantastic. I love it. Uh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked how much I enjoy it. Yeah, so Guts, Guts's fellow uh, Band of the Hawk members are all promptly killed. Um, Judah tells uh, Casca as his final line, you cry a lot when you're alone, Casca. Obviously, at this point, you kind of know that, you know, Judah loved Casca as well. Poor Judah. Uh, and he's yeah. also, again, like the most likable member of the Hawks. He's first off, I loved him in the manga. When I was reading the manga, I noticed Judah provided a lot of exposition. So he became kind of the 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 data person, which I really like. So I felt his death really hits. Uh, what about you, Shane? I'm sorry. What? What's? Um, is this about the live action or? No, just about Judah. Judah's death. I, I thought it was interesting. I don't know. I didn't really develop much of an attachment to Judah, from what I recall. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, the, I wasn't. He, that, Judah like was kind of, in my mind, sort of guilty of like kind of making Casca uh, uh, a damsel in distress uh like just being like no i will protect you no i will and she's like no but let's fight and like he's just and he's kind of constantly like dragging her away uh, i guess now, so now, but he also know, had a horse <laughs> i mean he had the horse which makes sense but it's like he's also he's doing the thing of like no but you're our leader and also like no but i'm gonna do what's best for us <laughs> which is to get you out of here uh obviously it was like a noble death when he like is hmm. like impaled in the back and like you know she tries to like get him up and like you know, have him stumble like through, but he dies anyway. And like that sequence with the horse being eaten by that creature in the ground was fucking brutal, and I loved it. Um, you know, that's that. Yeah, that's the most iconic horse death since The Godfather. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, so unfortunately, um, you know, Judah does his best to save Casca, but yeah, Casca is taken by demons. She is stripped in the in the anime. Um, it's just literally just like one kind of art style frame, um, that kind of watercolor look. Like we talked about, the movie version is much more graphic. Um, we then cut back to Guts, and he witnesses a few more members of the band get killed. A, a monster actually uh, bites down on Guts' arm, so all he can do is watch the uh, the coming events. Oh, that was so brutal! That was such a it's, brutal. Yeah, it's. That whole sequence, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's like, you can't, you still watch it, but you're like, oh my God. Like like we and, said earlier, Malcolm, that the an, the anime version is a lot more subtle than the movie version. Yeah, and that's, again, it's why I recommend this version uh, to people, literally uh, because of that scene. But, you know, it's still, of course, a brutal scene. You know what's going on. Uh, we, we don't need to detail it further. But yeah, just straight up, Griffith does, you know, he's already sacrificed the band of the Hawk. Now he takes the one thing uh, left that Guts has. Um, yeah, he takes Casca and he fucking rapes her. And Guts is forced to watch it. You know, a demon is, you know, holding him down. Guts is like stabbing his arm, you know, to, you know, try and escape. <laughs> he loses his arm in a metal way. You know, he's literally chopping it off with a knife. With a broken knife, a knife yeah. that's already, I think, yeah, it's like a broken that, sword or something. It's a yeah, it's sword, yeah, because it, it snaps when he's trying to uh, be off the demon that's like holding him down. And yeah, it, for the anime, 
this is how it ends. It ends with Gut screaming as he witnesses uh, Griffith doing uh, the unthinkable to Casca. Malcolm, uh, how how is that for an ending? Damn, it's a good. I I actually like the end. I like the fact that it just sort of like ends in that way, where you're just like, holy shit! Like yeah. this, they just go for that. Like it's this brutal, yeah, kind of ending that I, you know, that I again I appreciate the. Um, so, yeah, the, so, almost the audacity of it. So I was worried. I was worried that you were going to be like, fuck you, Jack, for making me watch this. It's like, this is no, the conclusion. I'm, I'm, I got to be honest. I'm in this like mood right now where I've been, I like these kind of more ambiguous endings to shows. I think it's like, I think it's this thing of like, I've noticed like in my recent like viewing habits that I'm not, I'm not really finishing shows the way that I should. Like, I always feel like I'm like, a show will like have this kind of, satisfying like season finale that feels like a series finale and then it like will go on for two more seasons and then i just kind of leave at that point uh and like this one i was just like yeah it's like this one where you're like holy shit and it just the fact it smashes and it's gone i'm just like oh wow like it, it, it has more impact like i'm gonna remember that ending way more than if it like kind of wraps up cleanly let's talk about how it does wrap up and <laughs> It, it wraps up now i want to also say it's also very clear to me that that's not really the true ending of this like the story right like it just like it's very much a victim of like just television production and the fact they just didn't renew the show yeah. um like so i don't want to give it too too much credit for what it did but i will say it's like yeah it's a de- decent enough ending it's also one of the reasons you had suggested like i go watch the movie in like this 15 minutes but i was also like after I watched, it, I was like, I kind of like like sitting in this. So I want to hear from you and Shane because you have seen this. Uh, what? Yeah. What did that? What's the, like the continuation? Like, what does the movie continue after that? Yeah. I mean, I get why you want to sit in because yeah, it is a bold ending. It is. I'm glad you weren't like, why the fuck did you make me watch this? Because I was worried. I was worried you were going to get mad and be like, wait, this is what these 25 episodes were building up to. Um. But yeah, so Guts and Casca, they are rescued by the Skull Knight, who, like we said, is omitted from this adaptation. Uh, the Skull Knight, you know, he he gives a bit of a monologue saying the time of darkness is now descending. Uh, we do see that uh, Rickett is alive. He's with the young girl, Erica, and he asks Guts what happened. And, you know, Guts kind of mumbles incoherently and he sees uh, Casca bathing. Uh, but this is the heartbreaking part. Uh, Casca is rendered completely traumatized by these events. Uh, she is basically mute um, when when uh, Guts tries to, you know, embrace her. She just kind of freaks out at him. When we talk about damsel in distress, what happens to Casca? I don't know. I, I mean, Shane, how do you feel about you know Casca's uh, fate? I think it's it's honestly really tragic that it's so tragic that when she's not around Guts, she's like. Basically, the comment I saw, and part of my language, is that uh, Griffith basically fucked her into retardation. And so she has, like, that... She's Basically, her mind is now very... Yeah, she's completely broken. And unfortunately, like, you know, um, she does regain her mind, but she would not regain her mind until about six chapters before Kentaro Mira, the author, passed away. She regains her mind in chapter 359, and uh, this stu- this arc ends at chapter 93. So it, it took about 
it took a, over 20 years for them to actually get to the portion where um, Casca finally regains her true self. Yeah, and I did read on the wiki because I was curious about more about the show. But basically, she can't see guts without being traumatized by those events again. Which, which of course, makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a terrible fate. It does damselize. It does, you know, put her in a damsel position. But I also understand that Mira was playing the long game with this arc. And, you know, when when Casca does regain her true self, even though it did take an absurdly long time, it is worth it. Uh, and it is a beautiful moment because, you know, Guts, of course, at this point in the series, is so thankful to finally have her back. So, so more that happens in, in kind of the movie is, you know, after Guts witnesses uh, Koska in this terrible state, he runs away um, and then night falls and uh, his brand flares up and the Skull Knight appears and he tells Guts to steal himself or else he'll be devoured. And he says the brand of sacrifice attracts creatures of darkness. Your body and every last drop of blood had been given as an offering to darkness. And so, yeah, that's that's what's, you know, curses guts for the remainder of his life, the remainder of the series, that brand of darkness. I don't know. How do you feel listening to that description, Malcolm? It's an interesting. Yeah, because I guess like the one thing that's like also a loose end is the branding because, like you know, the branding shows up. But then it like doesn't. Um, well, the brownie. Pl- it doesn't plays- like doesn't play a t- huge, huge role. It just sort of. It kind of does feel like a marker for like the creatures in that realm to be like oh, target these people. It, uh, it, pl- it plays a role in the events after because that's why demons descend on guts so often. Obviously, they're already in the realm of darkness, so the the brand doesn't make much of a difference. They're already there, but yeah, the yeah. brand the brand is what causes uh guts to constantly be inflicted upon horrors throughout the series as it continues to go on effectively but you know for those for those who are interested and i guess spoiler warning if you you don't want to hear this stuff um guts does develop a new band the hawk and he does become he he does become a more self-realized person uh after these events it takes him a long time there's a lot of there's there's numerous arcs of you know guts going through terrible events having to solve you know, terrible problems. It, it's kind of that whole, um, I don't know if it's like a fable quality, but it's kind of, you know, guts will and find an area they're plagued by a problem. It ends tragically, of course. And that's kind of the pattern. And, you know, the series does gradually soften, um, because it has to, but even in the current manga arc, uh, guts has uh, had some new tragedies inflicted upon him. So, uh, you know, this story is still in progress. That's the thing. This st- this story uh, started in 1987. It is still ongoing. It it has now survived the death of its author, and you know we still don't know uh, what guts and Griffith's final confrontation will entail. Oh, is Griffith like kind of still around? Is he still? Oh, Griffith is like the Griffith is this the big bad. That's the whole point. Um, and again, going into more spoilery territory, like Griffith accomplishes his goals, like. Griffith actually defeats a pretty major figure in this kind of world. And he, he actually gets his fucking kingdom. He gets the kingdom that was promised to him. Oh, shit. And then, tip- you know, peace is kind of at hand. But in typical Griffith fashion, he's like, oh, shit. Well, I don't have guts. I don't have Casca. So, you know, I still need some more. And that's so kind of. He finds, a yeah, again, a new sort of 
he finds his own band, the Hawk. He does find his own band of the Hawk, which are of course monster people. Um, and they are kind of counterparts to the band, but yeah, the, the story is still ongoing. I'm not, I'm not going to detail anymore, but yeah. Um, the story has always been about guts, Casca and Griffith. It's going to end with guts, Casca and Griffith. Uh, hopefully things will end well with, uh, guts is all I can say. True. That's fair. I think that's hope. Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not like a, you know, a downer. Ending, it's but... going to be a bittersweet ending. We all kind of know that. I think that it would be. <laughs> it, yeah. I'd probably portray the story if it was like, and then God's lived happily ever after with. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's funny because that's actually how Mira's final chapter ended. And then the, the following chapter is like, no, things are still going to get very bad. So Interesting. It, it, it's kind of funny. Um, when Mira died, the final chapter that he wrote was like, uh, one where Guts and Casca were at peace, and then uh, the following chapter disrupts that peace. But that's how stories work. Uh, they have to continue. <laughs> Do we have a speed wagon for this series? Speed wagon, 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 speed wagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. I'll just, I, let's not limit it to these six episodes. Hmm. Um, That's a good question. Uh, I think it's for uh, Shane. You can include the movies if there was a character. In yeah. The movie. Um, I mean, if you, if you I'd say Skull Knight. I knew he was going to fucking say that. Of course he's going to say Skull Knight as a speed wagon if he can do that. The Skull Knight <laughs> rules. Malcolm, if you just Google Skull Knight, he's cool as shit. Like he looks like a Yeah, I, I looked him up once you, uh, when you two were talking about him earlier and I was like, well. Yeah, I mean. You pretty can, cool. I, I haven't mentioned this enough, but, you know, um, Elden Ring and Dark Souls were hugely inspired by Berserk. Uh, and, you know, if you're playing those games, there's even like Berserk references in, in the visual in the visuals. Of course, you know, it's it's all very present there and in the monster designs, things like that. Because, yeah, Berserk has a lot of really cool monsters. Um, my speed wagon for the series. Um, I don't know. Just off the top of my head, I think it's <laughs> Void. I think it's Void, the brain, the brain, the big brain member of the God Hand. Oh, he's interesting. Cool. He's cool as shit. And, you know, he kind of gets the most exposition of the God Hand. Uh, he doesn't really do anything, but uh, he's cool. He's got a cool design. Yeah, I was going to say it. I feel like it has to be someone from the God Hand. Yeah. Um, we came the... this far. We came this far for the whole yeah. eclipse. I... Okay, Malcolm, you can say the, the female one is your speed wagon. <laughs> The titty uh, her, demon. Uh um, her name is uh Slan, I believe. The hand, whatever the hand is. Um the fa- I yeah, I, it's probably the one with the brains. Um Void? Vo- was it Void? Yeah. That's the one thing. They didn't do a great job in the series of like fully naming them. Like I feel like I have to Google I, and be like, okay, which I one? I yeah, didn't know the guy. Oh, I also, actually, sorry. I know which one it is. It's not the, the skull guy. It's that little one that floats, and he's got those glasses. Oh, uh, the glasses for eyes. Uh, I, yeah. I looked it up. Uh, Ubik? Ubik? Ubik school. Ubik school, yeah. Yeah, I like Ubik a lot. So I'm going to probably say Ubik. Uh, Conrad, Conrad was also interesting. He was like sort of the fat guy. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's a, it's a, they're kind of a collective, so you could almost make the argument that the god hand... Not including Griffith. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, but, you know, did, did you think at least uh, 
they call him Femto. Did you did you like the design for Femto Griffith, which is kind of his? Yeah, yeah, he looks like a. Um, it's it's funny. I was kind of guy. I got like uh, like nineties image comics like superhero vibes from him. Like it looks I mean, like he looks like a guy that Todd McFarlane created for like like for Spawn. Like it, which is like I is it's a that's a compliment. Like I do yeah, like I do like sense. that. It makes uh, sense too. The material is from the '90s. It's obviously inspired by a lot of you know '80s yeah, '90s yeah, material. Like Rob, yeah, like Rob Liffield, Todd McFarlane, like those guys. Um, Eric Larson, like uh, you know the or, you know the original Image Comic uh, founders and their works. So yeah, I definitely appreciated that. Um, so yeah, I guess probably yeah, it's probably either um, Ubik or Conrad. They got my vote for my speed wagon. Fantastic. All right. We're, we're, we're at the end. Uh, final thoughts on Berserk. I feel like I've already kind of given a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, I'm just going to speak to just give you guys some more time. But basically, I love this series. I think it's a very interesting exploration of trauma. Um, and again, Guts is not your... T- he seems like your typical hero. But, but as I've said before, he's the most... He's the mo- most emotional, unemotional character there is. Yeah. And I, and I find his journey of like self-actualization uh, so interesting to watch. And then, you know, when we see the events, of the eclipse, uh, we see all that, you know, taken away. And then as the story moves on, Guts, Guts loses a lot of that character development, which, you know, that's kind of the point because, you know, he has lost everything. And uh, over the course of the saga, he slowly regains it. Um, it seemed like things were going good for guts, but once again, as is the nature of stories, um, shit has to hit the fan once again. I'm rooting for guts. I love, you know, the character of Casca. I love that Mira was, you know, able to at least, you know, get to the part where she had regained herself. I think the characters in Berserk are just so strong. Um, you know, Griffith is a fantastic antagonist. He he is a bad man. I am I am not Team Griffith, but I find his psychology to be to be interesting and again it's a commentary on leaders you know he he had this like cult following and you know people trusted him and yet you know he at the end of the day griffith just wanted to be you know the guy on top and and that's all there was uh malcolm how about you how 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 did you feel was this journey um journey with berserk worth it Ooh, that's a that's a loaded question. That's a loaded. That's question. a loaded question. I know, but I like my loaded questions. Yeah, no, uh, it's hard. It's I think like it's it's an interesting one because obviously it's, there's there's a bit of sweet uh, nature to this because it's obviously my last episode as uh, official co-host for the podcast. Um, so you know, so there's that. Um, you know, I think there there's a bit of me that like kind of found the middle to drag a bit where I was just sort of like. All right, like I kind of kept waiting. I think because that twist got hyped to me, uh, I I kind of felt I was like oh, I'm kind of waiting for this twist. I got like, you know, and I think there was definitely parts of it where I was like, it didn't. I don't feel like it hit the way it hit for you, and maybe that's just because you know I'm coming into this new. We also like have kind of recorded these episodes over like an extended period of time, and like a lot of things have happened, uh, which not to be. Uh, surprise uh but at the end of the day i do think this show sticks its landing like in a pretty like great way uh where i think a lot of shows kind of fizzle out 
this one didn't. And so I really appreciated that. Um, and yeah, I think like the the arc between Guts and Casca and Griffith is really interesting and it does play out in a very nice way. I think sometimes when it like moved away from that dynamic, I felt like the show kind of got a little tedious, like a little bit like, uh, like I kind of kept going like, uh, but then like when it would return or like, you know, it was great. And I, I don't know, there's like some really interesting visuals, not including the end bit. Like I just, I don't know. I love like the, the dynamic of like guts with the sword and the kind of sword always kind of kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, and like just kind of that action. Uh, Cause again, I didn't like walk into this show knowing that was going to be like a fantasy show to begin with. I'd say, and I see fantasy like in quotes, like it's not like Lord of the Rings or anything like that. It's very much like, you know, so, you know, so, you know, it's guys with swords and horses and, you know, there isn't like this like magic like element uh, that plays into things. So not till later, but even then, it's more of like a hell uh, amulet than a you know like a wizard comes in and is like, "I will save you now," you know, like kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think it's just a it was an interesting show and it was an interesting. You know, I think it's because this is one of the more famous. Like things like I didn't know about this show before going in. Like it wasn't just for me, Jack, talking about it, but it's like it was probably one of the few. Berserk is one of the few anime that I think, but even before I started this podcast with you, um, where we, where I kind of knew about it. Like I had heard, like, and friends who knew about anime who would talk about this. So I think that's important as well in this discussion is to be like, there's a reason this show is iconic. Right, like that Berserk is an iconic uh, manga property that's so popular, and it's like. But I think it's the problem is it's why why it's probably iconic is this like hell se- sequence, and just this this particular show just takes so long to get there. So yeah. I hope that makes sense. No, I mean I think even I was agreeing with you guys that you know especially week week two was of course uh, our our infamous week two is that, as we had with Cowboy Bebop as well, um, where yeah the, it just. The pacing wasn't there. It was focusing on things that just weren't interesting. But I think when Berserk hits those highs, um, it, it does hit them. And that's what I like about it. And yeah, I'm glad you felt it was worth it because, you know, there were other series we maybe could have covered, but I felt this was a necessary one because, again, like you said, you know, the fact that you are not into fantasy, I was like, well, yeah, we got to do a fucking fantasy show. <laughs> um, what about you, and- Shane? How, what, are, what are your thoughts on Berserk? Well, my first introduction to Berserk was the 2017 series, which was okay, but I didn't really like it because of the style of it. And then I heard that there was a movie, so I watched that. I enjoyed the movie a lot. After I watched the movie, I found out that there was a 97 anime series. And I watched parts of that. Um, I don't know, I think it's part of the art style also kind of gets away from me too is just with the new medium nowadays with shows and stuff like that like watching older older mediums that that art style and everything like that does kind of is kind of outdated and it means but um i don't know i i i have my brother talk to me about berserk and stuff like that it's interesting um and i have seen like some of the art pieces involving berserk especially like um that's his berserk armor and then reading more about that i think it's pretty interesting that just the lore if he keeps using that he can end up like skull knight 
Yeah. Again, there, there's a reason why Berserk is one of the most influential adaptations. And, and again, manga and anime are a visual medium. Uh, and Berserk has certainly provided a lot of uh, cool visuals for other artists to kind of piggyback off of. And yeah, it's, it's a fantastic dark fantasy series. Uh, shit, Malcolm, this is, this is, we're now really reaching the end of your tenure. Um, I, I didn't give you any time to prepare this, so I already know what number one is. But what would you say were the Pantheon titles of is this anime for you uh i think no I, number one is cowboy bebop we fucking know it Let's yeah it. It, yeah i was gonna say cowboy bebop um i'm gonna you know i'll, I'll condense the like uh i love all the satoshi Kon movies like i don't think there was not a bad one in the bunch um those ones uh you know millennium actress um tokyo godfathers perfect blue uh paprika like they're all perfect movies uh and i i'm so happy that i was able to uh get to experience those movies and talk about them here on this podcast uh you know i think i also uh i really loved odd taxi i think of like the recent stuff we've covered uh taxi uh is definitely up there um just a really just great show um and then you know, I think, yeah, I almost have to go back into the like, the Pantheon. Uh, I think uh, Violet Evergarden kind of stands out as well as just like a show that like I've thought about like since we've covered it. Like just like, you know, the, the emotional, like put it mind out emotionally uh, hasn't really been rivaled. Uh, and so, yeah. And but then it was also fun, you know, has been fun to cover things, everything from like you know, your Pokemon, to your, you know, One Punch Man, which was our first episode, to, you know, to, uh, you know, everything from, like, that, uh, that, that what was it? It was, like, a movie uh, about, like, the things that come from the sea, which I was super oh, fun. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. Um, you know, like, there's just so much, and we've covered so much, so uh, it's really hard to pin down. But, yeah, I would say Cowboy Bebop uh, has, was definitely, like, you know, it really lived up to its hype. Awesome. Like it, yeah, like it's that's you know I for even for non I all the things I just like listed I'd recommend just to watch because like you know like and the thing is is I probably if it wasn't for this podcast I would never have watched it. Yep. Uh, again, this this whole podcast exists as a way uh, to force my friends to watch things they would not watch otherwise. So that that's what I love about doing it, and you know we are continuing to do it. Uh, we've already had our Gurren Lagann miniseries run concurrently with this, um, which is in re- which is funny because when we were doing Gurren Lagann, I was like, "Shit, maybe Malcolm would have liked that more than Berserk." But uh, you know, I picked fantasy over mechs. And again, sometimes I just you know when I rewatch a show, I just don't know how it's gonna re- uh, land with people, um, and that's why we continue to do this podcast. It's all about you know uh, throwing things at people and being like, "Hey." What do you think of this weird thing? And, you know, sometimes they love it. Sometimes they don't. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think that about wraps it up. I don't know if there there's any more to say other than plugs. Yeah. Shane, do you want to be found? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, twitch.tv slash spetsnake and on twitter.com slash spetsnake. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at Jack is Jack and only real Jack M on Twitter. And Malcolm, where can they uh, find you? You can find me at Malcolm RJ McLeod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm a little, I've been getting a little more active on Twitter uh, now that I have my account back. 
so look out for some fun, exciting announcements there. Uh, uh, this little teaser I'll give is that uh, short comic, uh, a comic like, like like a comic book, uh, a short comic that I have made uh, with a couple of, uh, with an artist uh, that I know and a letter I know. I uh, was picked up for an anthology uh, called uh, from Odyssey uh, Comics. Uh, I don't have the name of the anthology right now. Uh, just kidding, I do. Uh, <laughs> it's called Critical Mass. That'll come out early 2023. So uh, look out for that. I'll be kind of promoting it on the social media platforms. And yeah, uh, that's kind of one of the reasons I'm moving forward is you know, uh, we pick it up some writing stuff, so I got to focus a little bit more time on that. Uh, and yeah, uh, you can, as always, uh, follow the podcast at Is This Anime Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you like this, please uh, leave a review, give us some thumbs ups, put some stars next to the podcast if you listen to this on uh, either Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, word of mouth helps a podcast like us out immensely. And uh, yeah, and then again, if you know, we've used our, your suggestions in the past to cover pro, uh, I guess different like shows and cover different movies, and you know, it'll be very interesting to uh, to see in the next chapter what Jack uh, brings to the table with his uh, next round of episodes. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, this has been a, a really fun, great experience, and as much as I'm sad that it's ending, uh, I think like with every ending, you know, uh, it's not it's not goodbye forever uh it's just you know goodbye for now <laughs> so yeah i think that's about it uh does that have things to, uh, to say i'm good you're good shane you good i'm great perfect uh uh and remember i'll be back for episode 100 audible wink <laughs>